I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones here with another morning drop. And today we are getting into our spring previews. We're going position group by position group and we're talking running back first and foremost. Y'all know how we do right here. War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop. You got Ike Jones in here talking a little Auburn football on a Monday morning, February the 19th. Hopefully everybody's weekend went okay, despite uh, what happened in basketball this weekend for both the men and the women, unfortunately. Um, baseball did okay. Got the season, excuse me, the, the first series sweep of the weekend uh, of the season on the first opening weekend. Uh, so congrats to the baseball team. Uh, gymnastics, congrats to them, even though they didn't get the victory, uh, had their best road score so far. So some good things happening in Auburn sports, Auburn softball out there doing their thing. So uh, Auburn tennis is doing okay right now. Equestrian still continuing to be uh, tops in the country, uh, not number one, but still up there towards the top in the country. Uh, so congrats to all of the Auburn athletes out there continuing to do their thing. We're in here this morning, though, talking a little more Auburn football. And today we're starting our spring previews. And I decided to give myself a softball this morning. You know, uh, uh, maybe I should come up with a different term instead of calling it a softball because that it makes it feel a little sexist. Um, I decided to give myself an easier group to talk about first because there are going to be more controversial uh, topics and I'm not going to start with the first one out the gate. Running back, right? Everybody kind of knows what's going to be going on with the running back room to a degree, right? We understand who the room is going to be comprised of uh, because everybody's back from last season. Um, But we do have a new running backs coach, right? So, um, This is going to be the first year under Derek Nix, offensive coordinator slash running backs coach at Auburn. Uh, The first year in a while that that title is not being held by one Carnell Cadillac Williams. Um, And with the new look offense, just the question is, what is what is the role for the running back going to be in uh, this upcoming season? If you look at the the past, and we've done this a few times when we've looked at Coach Hugh Freeze and then when we looked at Derek Nix as he's coming in, kind of what you should expect, um, you should expect a, a, a competent run game and you should expect 
that it's going to get mixed in with really a lot of pass and it's going to be RPO, right? Like it's going to be what the offense is going to do is going to be dependent upon the look that the defense gives you. So it's not going to be, hey, we're going to force the ball to these running backs. We're going to get the ball in their hands and in in the run game, we're going to do what the defense dictates. If the defensive look says throw, we're going to throw. If the defensive look says run, we're going to run. And it's going to be incumbent upon a quarterback to understand what they need to do and, and what scenario to be able to hand the ball off or to throw the ball somewhere. The question is going to be really how much productivity are you going to be able to get from your running backs? Uh, and a lot of that's going to be dependent upon the offensive line and the uh, performance of the quarterback in the pass game, uh, whether or not we're going to be able to be functional in the run game. And that's really been what's hampered, in my opinion, the run game. We've talked about a few times on this show and probably been talked about in other places about uh, the lack of thousand-yard rushers that Auburn has had recently. And a lot of that is because the pass game has been so inept that two things are happening. Defenses are stacking up against the run. You're having the quarterback have to run more because of the fact that you're in, unable to throw the ball. So that's taking away from the carries from running backs. And you're in situations where your offensive line has not been great in some seasons. Um, and, you know, your running backs are having to do a lot of the work just to get yardage. Despite all of those things, been very close to thousand yard rushers. If you include the postseason tank, Bixby was able to do that a couple of seasons ago. Uh, right. So Auburn has potency in the run game and Auburn has always been a run team. But we need to see a more prolific pass game in order for the run game to open up. And the, another portion of why that's not been successful is just the, a lack of ability for Auburn to sustain drives. So you're just not getting very many attempts at running the bat of the running the basketball. I'm still got basketball in my brain. Running the football. Um, so Auburn just needs to get better in the pass game to help those running backs be able to do good things. And when we look at the the running back group from last year, the returners, of course, are going to be. All of the same guys, right? The, the returning players from the running back room not changed very much at all, except for maybe like a, a walk-on that might be on the team. But just going into uh, what we're looking at for spring ball, the only guy that people are probably not familiar with is Christian Burnett, who is the, the walk-on redshirt freshman. Uh, but but as far as the names that everybody knows that actually got some burn last year, were you know, top of the list, of course, is Jarquez Hunter. Um, coming back for his senior season, 909 yards last year, 5.7 yards per carry. Now, as I start to read off these yards per carry for you all, and I'll just go to go through the list and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. I want you to notice how big the yards per carry were last year. And then think about how crazy it is that we still were not did not have a thousand yard rusher, but Jarquez Hunter, 909 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. Damari Austin uh, did not get a lot of opportunities last season, partially because of injury, partially because of uh, the featuring of Jarquez Hunter, partially because, again, offensive struggles. 320 yards for him, five yards per carry last season, five yards per attempt. Brian Batty, senior returning running back, second year here on the Plains. Again, not a lot of opportunities, but 227 yards and 4.5 yards per attempt. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb, the outstanding freshman last year, returning for his sophomore season, 172 yards at 5.2 yards per attempt. Sean Jackson, Jr., earned his ability to get a scholarship, 95 yards on the season, 
15 yards per attempt for him. Now, he didn't run the ball a lot. He was running against second team, third team. Folks, get it all got all understood. 15 yards per attempt. And then uh, the walk-on who did get a few carries last season in Justin Jones, who's the junior, 33 yards and 8.3 yards per attempt. Now, again, why does all that matter? Why am I saying all that stuff? Listen, bro. We could run the ball last year. Yards per attempt, even if you throw in the quarterback runs, right? I mean, Auburn averaged a good amount of yards per attempt last season. I think the run game was not the issue. I mean, I just, run blocking wasn't the issue. The run game wasn't the issue. Even with an offensive line that people didn't feel like were, were was earth-shattering people movers, these yards per attempt were good last year. This team had an issue in the past game, first and foremost. So when we get over into talking about quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, we'll definitely talk about that. Even when we talk about offensive line, we'll talk about pass blocking. But that was the big issue for this team last year was I don't think you can fault the run game for any ineptitude that you saw from the Auburn offense. Uh, And the yards per attempt, I think, bear that out. Uh, But the big question marks, I think, going into the spring, again, is really what is going to be the role for these running backs in this new offense and how will they adapt to it? Are we going to see them have opportunities more in the pass game? I think that all of these uh, young men have the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and do something with it. Um, Are we going to give them more attempts like, gosh, man, we just... The, the 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 absence of the running back screen in this offense is a little curious, and it's not really something that you typically see a lot in RPO offenses. I just think that when you know you've got a strength, figure out how to get the ball in their hands in any way possible, more than just dump offs in the flat. I think you have to be intentional about ways that you put the ball in the hands of your playmakers, um, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that when we talk about scheme in the pass game and, and how we get these tight ends. It's a very prolific tight end group more involved. But in the running back case, you know, I'd like to see more two-back sets for Auburn this coming up season. So we have two running backs on the field at the same time, and we find creative ways to get the ball in their hands that make defenses have to respect the fact that we've got dynamic guys back there in the backfield. You better scheme a way to stop them because Auburn's going to scheme a way to get the ball into their hands. I'd like to see that a little bit more this season. Uh, but again, the, the big question marks going into the spring and who I feel like has the most to prove. And I think that's the big question that I'm going to be asking during the spring preview for each of these groups is who has the most to prove in the spring specifically, not in the upcoming season, but in the spring needs to prove something to themselves, to the the coaches, to the fan base, whoever uh, they feel like they need to prove it to. And, and for me, the two guys that you have to highlight, I think Jarquez Hunter is cemented as far as going to be one of your top two running backs. Uh, I don't think that that's going to change this coming season. And I say top two just because I do believe that there's going to be a distribution of that workload a little bit between two running backs primarily. Um, but I think Jarquez Hunter is good. Um, I also think Jeremiah Cobb is good just because he's the younger guy in the room. And I think that because Coach Hugh Freeze brought him in specifically, he's a guy that I don't think that uh, has a lot to worry about trying to prove something this spring. Now, uh, when we get into the fall, that will be a different conversation about what he'll be able to have to bring to the table and prove. But for the spring, I think he's fine. The two guys that I think that have to prove something to whomever are going to be Damari Austin and Brian Batty. Well-documented, I'm a big fan of both of these two young men. I think that both of them are excellent running backs, and 
deserve to be able to carry the load and and be feature backs wherever they're going to be toting the rock. I'll start with a guy who is the senior amongst the group, and that's Brian Batty, a young man who, again, transferred to Auburn from UCF last year and really, I think, became the forgotten man in this offense last year. He was one of the better running backs on this group. Um, the first few games of the season, when you think about the Cal game, I think he was the best running back in that game, um, mostly, you know, for being fair, mostly because uh, Damari got knocked out of that game because I think Damari was running the ball really well before he got knocked out of that game. But overall, I didn't think Jarquez Hunter had a particularly good game versus Cal. He was just getting back his first game back in duty after he had the suspension, right? He was knocking rust off, whatever you want to call it. Brian Batty was the best running back for this team, uh, both in running the football and catching the ball in the totality of what you saw from him. And then after the Texas A&M game, where again, I felt like he was the best running back on the field in that game. Uh, again, Demari Austin, the game where he got knocked out of that game, but was performing well. And Jarquez Hunter did well in, in, in a couple of spots. But overall, I think Brian Batty was the best running back on the field in that game uh, for Auburn. After that game, his numbers and his minutes, his touches just seemed to decline. Uh, and, and his frustration grew to the point where he entered the transfer portal initially during this offseason. So the question for Brian Batty that I think that he has to answer in his mind is, what is my role going to be in this offense? And is that role going to be sufficient enough for me as a guy whose eligibility is running out that I will continue here for another season? Right. He was a guy who, of course, was working in special teams. So he was getting opportunities in other ways. But I mean, for the most part, people weren't kicking the ball to him. And if he was going to make something happen, he was having to bring the ball from six, seven yards deep a lot of the times, which a lot of people felt was ill-advised. But you got to think, man, if you're a guy who you want to figure out a way to contribute to the team and and you feel like you have game-breaking ability, this is the only time I'm touching the ball. I need to figure out how to make a play here. I understand where that frustration comes from for him. So he's got a lot that he needs to prove to himself and to figure out in this new offense with this new coordinator uh, in your room, uh, new uh, position group guy, coordinator and position group guy. Do I have a place that is going to be sufficient for me this season in this offense? So he needs to be able to figure that out and prove that to himself. And then the other guy, Damari Austin, right? Damari Austin is a guy who can be a feature back. Last year, injuries were really the story of Damari Austin's up and down season. Uh, I think that he is a phenomenal running back, but he's got a he's got a questions that he has to answer for himself in as far as do do I stick it out here at Auburn this junior year and then go into my senior year as the guy? Like there's no one who's going to have more seniority than Damari coming into this room unless they go and get someone out of the transfer portal. But even with that, he will be a guy who will be the the longest tenured person in the Auburn running back room going into next season. Um, do they do enough for him in the spring for him to feel as if, yes, I'm valued here at this program? I know he loves Auburn, right? But is he feeling the value back from Auburn as far as a contributor in this running back room? Can he stay healthy for the entirety of the season? And can he continue to grow in his ability in pass protection and in his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield? Again, didn't get a lot of opportunities. I think he showed that he has the capability of doing that, but he needs to be able to stay healthy. And then Auburn needs to show a commitment to be able to give him the ball because again 
you see Jeremiah Cobb come in, and he's a guy who seemed to be getting more opportunities in some of those scenarios that you would think a guy like Brian Batty would be good in. Um, you could see Damari Austin being in those scenarios. Jeremiah Cobb got a lot of those opportunities. Is Jeremiah Cobb's uh, are Jeremiah Cobb's uh, touches and features within the offense going to continue to grow in year two under coach Hugh Freeze? Again, considering he was Hugh Freeze's first real running back recruit that he brought in, even though that was a caddy guy that was kind of on board before Freeze. But still, coach Hugh Freeze did show an, a, a propensity to want to get him the football and get him out there in opportunities to showcase his, his speed and his ability in, op- in the open field. So is there going to be an opportunity for him? Now, I didn't mention him as one of my two, but I think, you know, let, let's let be clear, Sean Jackson has something that he has to prove for himself as well. Worked his way up to a scholarship. Is he willing to sit another year? You know, I talk about, you know, um, Damari Austin being senior. You know, let me not skip over the fact that Sean Jackson will be a junior in this room, uh, rising senior next year. Is, his, is he going to be patient with being really the fifth guy um, in this rotation when he has D1 ability to be able to go somewhere and really contribute? Uh, is he going to get frustrated with his lack of opportunities here at Auburn or is he going to stay the course and, and, and say, Hey man, next year I'm going to be one of the top two, three backs on this group because I've earned that right uh, and continue to work his way in that direction. He strikes me, both he and Damari strike me as guys that feel like, listen, when it's my time, just watch out. I'm, but I'm going to wait for my time and be patient and continue to work. And when my number is called, then it's going to be that. But uh, listen, the, the transfer portal exists for a reason. I'm not suggesting either of those young men are looking at the transfer portal. What I am suggesting is, though, that in the era of the transfer portal, you have an opportunity to change the trajectory of your collegiate career to get to the next level that you want to be at. And the spring is going to be a time for all three of those young men that I just mentioned, Brian Batty, Damari Austin, and Sean Jackson, to figure out where their fortunes lie with Auburn as far as how they are perceived within this room, what does the running back role look like in this new offense, and do I see opportunities for myself to feature myself in a way that will allow me to realize NFL dreams if that is where the destiny of those young men if that's where they, their desired destination is going to be. A lot of answers that we need to figure out during the spring. Going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, with the up-tempo likely coming back, you will see more opportunities for them to, to run in situations where defenses are tired. And I think that, that that will offer more opportunities if you're able to get more first downs of more rotations of running backs and that sort of thing. We'll see what happens. We will definitely see what happens. But I am going to be monitoring that running back race very carefully as we get into the spring. All right, that's enough of me talking. I appreciate everybody who's dropped in with us so far. We're going to get over into the comment section, but we have to remind you that the morning drop is always brought to you by our folks at The Rogue Shot. We appreciate them for being long-lasting sponsors of The War Report. Make sure you continue to patronize them. Listen, man. This isn't a one-time purchase. Go re-up on your Rogue Shop. Use code REPORT when you do to get a little something off of your purchase. Sleep, stress, anxiety, pain relief. All of those things should be very familiar to the Auburn fan base. Lack of sleep, anxiety, stress, pain. Rogue Shop's got the remedy for you, man. Make sure you head over there. Tell them the War Report sent you by using code REPORT. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. 
You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Uh, We are going to get over into the comment section this morning. See what the green name gang has going on. Always appreciate you all dropping in with me. Damian Smith says, uh, instead of calling it softballs, I'm going to call it T-ball or wiffle ball. I like that. I like that. So we're going to start calling it. You know, I decided to give myself a, a, a wiffle ball today. Um, yeah, I like that. I can get with that. Uh, TK jumps in and says, really interested in DA and Cobb getting thrown to and more carries. Yeah, listen, man, I think that throwing the ball to the running backs more in design situations, not just flare screens too, right? Like the flare screen, I think makes a lot of sense. And that's why I think I would like to see more two back sets, right? Um, if you're going to go into 21 or 22 personnel, two back sets where you have the ability to still be RPO and still fake the bubble screen to a runner, um, I think makes a lot of sense, especially with guys like Batty and Cobb, who in space can be dynamic. I think Batty is shiftier in space. I think Cobb, you know, has a lot of straight line speed. Uh, so just getting more chances for guys to to be able to, to feature in the offense in more unique ways, I think is something... I want to see more imagination from the play calling this year uh, than we had last year. I didn't think the play calling was very imaginative, and that doesn't mean trick plays. It just means scheming guys open and scheming opportunities for playmakers in space to do what they're really good at. Uh, I think you have some opportunities for some of these guys. So, yeah, D.A. Cobb in space, I'd love to see it. Brian Batty in space, love to see it. Uh, Damian Smith says, thank you, Ike, for coming in on a federal holiday. I'm sitting in an empty conference room and the war report on the projector screen. We made it to the big screen, mama. Mama, we made it. Um, Yeah, man, listen, federal holiday or not, we still got sports. We got to talk about, baby. We going to be here. The war report, man. And plus, you know, I work from home, so it's a little easier for me to make it to work every day. Um, So if I'm not sick, man, I'm here. So I'm here for y'all. Uh, Brian, uh, excuse me, Jonathan Boyson jumps in and says, I would like to see Sean Jackson in more short yardage and goal line situations. I'm actually surprised. You know, it's not as if you got a red shirt that you got to protect with him. Um, I'm actually surprised we didn't see more of him in short yardage scenarios. I'd like to see heavy packages where you bring him in. Um, Listen, if you're going to run it anyway, 
right? There's no reason to not do the only reason why I think that you would not do that in scenarios like that is if it is third and short, excuse me, fourth and short. Well, we'll say third and short as well, but third and short, fourth and short, whatever it is. And you really want to get into tempo after you pick up the first down and Sean Jackson. So you don't want to have to sub back in. Right. But goal line. Right. There's really no tempo in those scenarios. So it makes a ton of sense there. And any scenario at the goal line, whether you're subbing or not, you're not really running tempo at the goal line. But I would absolutely love to see um, him get more opportunities in the short yardage. And again, us utilizing guys for specialties. It's okay to say, hey, man, listen, we're going to line up and we're going to go heavy in this package and you guys just have to stop it. Let Sean Jackson go in there and be a bull, man. That's what he's built for. Another one from Jonathan Boyson who says, I think Cobb and Batty are our true receiving threats at running back. I agree with this wholeheartedly. Um, those guys, I mean, I, I said this last year, I think you could line, and, and and this applies to Cobb too, but I think you could line Batty up in the slot, right? And he would be a guy who, and I'm just a fan of doing this out of the same personnel groupings, being able to have multiple looks. So again, if you're going to go to a two-back set, you could have one of them in the backfield, another one in the slot. You have both of them lined up in the backfield. You could spread it out and have both of them out wide. There are opportunities for this offense to be more creative with how they deploy things um, than I think that we've shown the propensity to want to do year one under Coach Hugh Freeze. Again, I get it. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. I haven't seen a lot of tape of him doing those things in other places either. Like he's kind of a he typically works out of 11 personnel and or 12 personnel groupings because he favors having tight ends and wide receivers as the feature portions of his offense as far as what they're doing on the outside. Um, but I think that there's an opportunity to be able to feature those running backs a little bit more. So hopefully we will get the opportunity to see that while your young wide receivers are coming along, find ways to help out your offense by featuring the guys who've been there for a while and can give you some some solid contributions. Uh, Dana Jones jumps in and says, Batty showed that he can break tackles. Listen, man, if you watch the film with your guy Ike Jones, you saw me during the offseason break down why I think that it is um, people thinking that Brian Batty can't be an SEC caliber running back between the tackles um, and carry the load is just not true. He showed that I get it. He's undersized, but he runs way bigger. He use, utilizes his leverage really well, and he's shifty. This young man can tote the rock. Give him the football, man. Figure out ways to get him the football. You brought him in here to be more than a kick returner, hopefully. Let him get, go out there and showcase his abilities. Utilize it, and, 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 and let's figure out how to get all of these young guys the ball so they can go out here and showcase what they got. I believe that they are able to do it. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Susan Scales would like to see more Sean Jackson. I think Sean Jackson's a popular guy um, amongst the locker room and in the fan base from from the you know just his his work ethic, uh, and he deserves an opportunity to to get some chances out there. I just don't. I mean, listen, you only have one football, and first and foremost, we're, we're we need to run the quarterback less this season. Quarterback needs to be back there throwing the football a little bit more. You need to run the quarterback less. Turn around, hand the football off to a running back, throw the football to a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end, and let your quarterback be the guy who's the delivery mechanism to the playmakers more this season. 
Uh, I don't want our second leading rusher on the team to be the quarterback for another year. Because that's been the case. Listen, that's this predates Coach Hugh Freeze. We're talking about the Harson years, quarterback runs with Bo Nix and um, with uh, Robbie Ashford. Um, we're talking about the Gus Malzahn years with Bo Nix, right? With like, uh, you know, I want to see running backs run the football, wide receivers and tight ends and running backs catching the football, quarterbacks throwing the football. That doesn't mean I never want to see the quarterback run. I absolutely think that your quarterback needs to be able to go and get you some yards every now and then. But I want to see us getting the hands in the ball, the, the ball in the hands of playmakers and let those playmakers make plays. I don't think that any of the quarterbacks on this roster are playmakers in that way. Despite what Peyton Thorne showed last year with his ability to run the football, I don't think your best offense is featuring Peyton Thorne as a runner. Out of necessity, you did it a lot last year. I need that necessity, what, what, what we necessitate as part of our offense to be different next season. Uh, Eugenia Akira says, I would like to see some two back sets. RPO could be interesting with backs that can run and catch. Imagine DA and Cobb with Thompson and Cam out wide. Where do you focus? And this is kind of what I mean. I think that if you are in a position where you are giving defenses looks that they're not familiar with especially if you start with one thing and then you motion into something else and they're just like okay so what what are they actually doing here All right so yeah let's let's use our imagination for a minute like i don't who cares who the outside receivers are well it matters but we're not talking wide receivers they two guys on the outside that can catch the freaking football let's start there right then you have a tight end who can catch the ball and block Right, because we haven't gotten into the tight end room, but we brought in Rico uh, Walker in the off season. You still have Rivaldo Fairweather there. I've all, I've talked about how much I like Mike O'Reilly as his ability to catch and block. Right, Luke Deal's coming back for another season. We'll get into the tight end room, but now you have three legitimate pass threats on the field in pass catching positions. You have two guys lined up in the backfield who are pass threats and run threats. Then you motion one of those guys out and then you split the tight end out. And now you're in a four wide scenario with a guy who can run the football. You spread them out and you've got legitimate pass threats out there. And then you bring that running back that was split out into a slot in motion. And you, you have the option to go speed sweep across with blockers out here because you motioned the tight end out wide. But you've gotten your t in, in tight sets inside where you you have the ability to run the ball now you've got an rpo that allows you to go downhill against a lighter box and then you still have the option to either hand on a speed sweep or throw your quick underneath screen to the running back that's flared out here with a tight end and a big receiver outside there's a lot of stuff that you can do out of that listen man i'm not an offensive coordinator so let me stop but i'm just saying there are some things that you can do out here to make your offense a little more exotic and show some stuff that people just haven't seen Auburn do, but still run the same stuff you always been running. I did what I just described as a play. Auburn ran that last year, that exact same thing, just out of a different position group or, or, or a different um, lineup or, or of uh, what you had out there on the field. That's all I'm saying. I saw, I just want to see a little creativity, a little bit. <clears throat> All right. What else do we have here? Uh, Jonathan Boyson jumps back in. C Cobb in the slot on a five wide would be nasty. I like it. I, listen, man, I ain't even 
get into a five-wide situation, bro. Like, let's say you line up with four receivers or let's say you're in 11 personnel. You split the tight end out, you go four wide, then you motion the running back who's Jeremiah Cobb or Brian Batty out into a five-wide situation. And then you run a screen off of that. Like, you crazy, you run a running back. Like, I'm, bro, man, tell it me, bro. Hey, man. Hey, man, y'all, we can do some damage out here is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is you got pieces. You could do some damage out here. Uh, Riley Mobley says, I see Fairweather tearing it up this year. We're definitely going to get into the tight end room and talk about what we could do uh, from with those young men out there. Sub-Zero says, now Ike done told y'all, watch the film, run them likes up, fam. Yes, indeed. Listen, y'all don't watch. Li- listen, Coach Hugh Free said, watch the film. Let's go out there and let's, let's, let's look at film together. Let's break bread together so that we can all figure out what we're doing out here and we can all eat. Uh, TK jumps in and says, agree, Ike, don't need 500 yards from the QB. We have a standout running back room. Listen, man, uh, 500 yards from the QB, it, that, that ought to be a plus, man. That shouldn't be, he shouldn't be your second leading rusher is all I'm saying. We need to have a 1,000-yard back and another 700-yard back. And then if your QB got 500 on top of that, cool. I just don't think that the the quarterbacks that we have in this room, if 500 yards from that guy is going to be your bread and butter, I don't think that the offense is functioning at its, its maximum. Well, if 500 yards is your second leading rusher on the team. Again, I'm not down with, I'm not against the 500 yards. It just can't be your second leading rusher, man. Anyway, that's enough of me talking, man. We got a lot of great things that we're going to get into in this spring preview, but I appreciate you guys jumping in with me. As always, make sure that you hit up the sponsors of the War Report, the Rogue Shop. Head over to rogueshop.com and use code Report. I'll be back at you guys with more Morning Drive tomorrow, but like the video before you get out of here. Subscribe to the channel. Share the content with somebody. Until the next time, and as always, War Report. Drive!